Hey, hey, you're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me today, Talking Tunes is... Stasma the Jungle Christ. Now you need more reverb. Stasma the Jungle Christ. <laughs> Stasma the Jungle Christ. <laughs> That's it, man. Um, Converge, the saddest day. I mean, this kind of, this doesn't come as a big surprise, right? We're going to go with a mixture of heavy metal and hardcore breakcore, right? Yeah, indeed. I've tried to do this a little bit in a chronological order as well, but I, I'll explain while talking on each tune, I guess. Metalcore band formed in 1990 in Boston, United States. Uh, but this tune here from 1996, lots of anger and lots of energy in it, right? Indeed. So basically, I guess a lot of people know that already, but I come from more of a metal and hardcore background and I started to listen to electronic music quite late. And um, this track in particular was really the thing that got me into hardcore, like the hardcore punk scene, the more punk, punk rock side of rock and roll more than the metal side. And uh, this one, it has uh, this breakdown in the middle where it goes like... And it goes like faster and faster and faster. And this track, I mean, it always put me on fire. Once I played in the illegal rape in London, and uh, someone put that track at the end of his set, and it was like, yes, it was like, uh, it was awesome. So it, it has a little bit of a rave connotation to me. And also, good uh, stories behind uh, with these tracks. So I went to see Converge once in a very small venue, like 150 people, something like this, very small stage. So the ambience was awesome. And uh, I ended up uh, doing the chorus uh, on this track with uh, the singer, Jacob Bannon, like grabbing me by the head with microphone in my mouth, like, say, motherfucker. And that was awesome. It was a good experience. <laughs> instruments as well as playing with all your uh, modular synths? Yes, I'm a bass player. It's the thing that got me into making music, basically. I play a little bit of guitar as well. I recently started to play again, actually, because I basically really left the guitar and the bass stuff uh, on the side when I got into heavily into synthesizer and stuff. But uh, recently, a new uh, side project with a friend who played guitar, like Golden Fangs. I started to play bass a little bit for this band, and more and more actually, and even a lot in the Stasma tune, because my friend Tito, uh, which is in Golden Fangs with me, actually gave me his bass guitar, which is a very nice Fender jazz bass, because it doesn't have an amp anymore. It was like, I don't use it, I don't have an amp, just take it. So uh, I felt like a sort of mission to get back on it. I'm having a lot of fun. before about the Fang project. Have you been putting music out under Fang or are you still working on that? We've done only uh, three tracks EP on my label, Concrete Collage, which is called Golden Fangs as the project, Golden Fangs. That was, that was easy. <laughs> but we are working on a big album at the moment and uh, we recorded almost 12 tracks 
together this year and uh, I'm still in the process of uh, sorting those out and mixing them and it's gonna take a while I guess but uh, it's gonna be pretty weird and cool I guess I hope so anyway <laughs> how many collabs are you involved in because I know with Omwork you're doing repeater right repeater is me alone my friend Omwork has another side project on his own that's called Acidroid and when we started concrete collage actually we started concrete collage together and it was because we wanted to release our side project that we have together, which is Droid Eater. Ah, yes. Like a combination of uh, Repetitor and Acidroid. <laughs> apart from this, I don't have much other collaboration going on, apart from remixes and stuff. I had a Facebook memory pop-up. Yeah, I saw it as well. Two years ago, you were coming to Dublin. That feels like it was yesterday, to, to me anyway. I mean, I know you're a, you're a superstar DJ. You, you DJ all over the world, and I'm sure you've done hundreds of gigs since. No, because COVID was right after, like, not much time after that. I think I played two gigs after this one, maybe. Like, uh, one, in, one in Moscow and one in uh, Barcelona, and after, that was it. Oh, man. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So this tune, I was doing a little bit of digging on this one, Converse, Saddest Day. Uh, I've never heard of this band before, but it was saying in, in the information that they had a tune and it was on Cyberpunk 2077. Have you ever seen that game, Cyberpunk? I've heard of it, but I'm not a massive uh, uh, video game player. Actually, I think when I was still excited by video games was maybe like five years or six years ago. I was still a little bit into it. I think they were already talking about this game, about making it. The first trailer was like seven or eight years ago, I think. And I was like, wow, this looks awesome. And when I saw it was released like uh, recently, I was like, oh, whoa, they really took their time. <laughs> Yeah, I think the last great game I played was Grand Theft Auto. I don't know if you've ever played that. Yeah, a bit. I, I kind of thought Cyberpunk would be like that, but it just, nah, it didn't really do it for me. Uh, no, I never tried anyway. Your biggest uh, thing is playing with your machines, right? Yeah, mostly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot to play with, so I'm, I'm good with this. <laughs> Asmo Yendi? Asmo Yendi, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, to be honest. I just opened my, my window as well, because it's very hot in my studio. But let me know if there's too much noise coming from there at some point, okay? No, no, it's fine. If anything, I'd just be jealous that you live in the south of France and you have gorgeous weather. I know, actually, the weather is shit today, but... Uh, 
Well, let's not talk about that. Summer's coming to an end in Ireland now. You know, we're starting to put jumpers back on again. Yeah. We had our moment of sunshine. I imagine it's like 25 or 30 there or something like that. <laughs> it? Yeah, it's, uh, it was 25 today, I think. Something like that. Gets to 25 in Ireland, everything stops and everyone goes to the beach. <laughs> You've been living in Lyon for a while, but then you moved out into the countryside for a while. Yeah. Are you still out in the countryside? I mean, I'm still in the, still in the countryside, yeah. Probably not for long, but uh, it's still cool. I'm not really looking forward to go back to any city, to be honest. <laughs> Do you prefer living out in the countryside then? Oh, yeah, definitely. I work from home, so I prefer to work in a place where I can go walk in the mountains in a matter of minutes without taking a car than just in a big city. Where, it's, uh, where, where, where the weather is shit all the time and uh, it's, uh, it's difficult. <laughs> That's one of the things, you know, we're talking about with a lot of people is what they've been doing during COVID. And obviously, you know, you're a professional musician, you make your money from music. And, and I know you do mastering and, and you do your own music and you do your own sales, but you've also been doing a few other bits on the side. You've been doing teaching, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been teaching uh, modular synth uh, in Lyon for uh, like a professional uh, internship program. I don't know. Yeah, it's quite cool. And I also, uh, I started a YouTube channel. I'm a YouTuber. That's why I have a good sounding microphone, actually. <laughs> uh, because I mean, I'm doing YouTube videos now, so I, I need I need a good sounding microphone to that to do that. And uh, actually, you know, with this and uh, Patreon, so people can go on Patreon and basically give me money to do stuff. And it worked way better than I anticipated. And it did make life much easier during the COVID part because I had no money from gigs, which I was used to. And uh, so, yeah, it's cool. And it's fun. I, I, like, I like teaching. I like giving tips to people. So that's what I do over the internet as well as, on, as in real life. Let's talk a bit about this tune before it finishes out because there's only a minute or two left on it. Mr. Bungle, anyway. Yeah, Mr. Bungle. This is also crazy tune, crazy band. For me, this is breakcore already. This was, I think it's one of my favorite band from before I started electronic music as well. And even when I do electronic music, I still build tracks, I think, a lot of time, a little bit like they do. Like just having an ID, let this ID sparks go, go this way, and uh, without very caring about, uh, you know, the song structure too much, you know. And uh, for me, this is already like pure breakcore, most of, most of what they did in the, in the, in the mindset. Just fucking things up a lot. <laughs> it's an interesting track as well because it came out in 2010, uh, but the band themselves have been around since 1985 and still going today. So whole, I've never, never heard of them before. So I imagine there's a hell of a lot of music there that you can dig into. Actually, they, they did only four albums uh, because uh, this was the last one they did before they split it, and uh, they just made one last year which is, I think, a re-recording of their first demo, but with a good sound and more crazy ideas. But uh, there were, it's more of a, a band that meets all together once in a while, make a crazy album and uh, goodbye type of things. 
But the three albums are, uh, all the albums they did are completely different from each other. And you can just, you can still instantly recognize the band, but it's really weird. Really weird band. I love this band. And now you've gone from that to this, Apex Twin, Come to Daddy, uh, 1997. I mean, this is about as mainstream breakcore as you can get, right? Yeah, definitely, I guess so. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting, oh yeah, we'll get Stadsmer on and they'll pick out some really weird bits and pieces. Apex Twin, so come on, tell me about this one. How, how, how come you picked this one? Basically, all the, all the stuff I picked, uh, either for an influential reason or for like a story reason. And I remember this one is very clear. It's the track that made me switch from uh, electronic music is shit to, ah, okay, now we can talk. And uh, it was, uh, I was, I went to see a show in Lyon when I was like maybe uh, 16 or something. I went to see System of a Down with a friend. And we were staying at uh, an older friend house uh, in Lyon. And uh, we were talking metal and stuff, and he was like, ah, well, you have to watch this video of this guy, Apex Twin. It's like, what is it? It's, it's electronic music. It was like, nah, no, nah, don't even care. It was like, no, nah, wait, just watch the video. <laughs> and I did put the video clip, and I was like, okay, that's good. Very, very, very good. And then that's really what switched me on to, okay, now I can listen to electronic music finally. And then I went on to listening to all the FX Win stuff and then Square Pressure, Outtaker and, and it all came down to this rabbit hole of uh, crazy music. So this is really the track that's responsible. Basically, I, the, the, the track before, Mr. Bungle paved the way for my in my mind for I like weird music that goes too far. And uh, Come to Daddy was the gateway to electronic music. And it's also quite a weird track when you think about it in the way it's constructed. It's not a, it's not mainstream at all if you think about it. There's no real chorus or whatever. The end goes to something completely different. And well, it's a fucking great, fucking crazy great track. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's got three million plays on YouTube. So that's quite a lot of plays, right? That's probably more than that. That's what everything I do will have. <laughs> yeah, put together when I when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it also it's got that guitar sort of sound um, so if you're into that sort of music you know the metal and, and, and the, the punk stuff you hear this it's got the guitar and you go and I can relate to that the, the vocal screaming vocals you relate to that yeah yeah I think it's more the screaming vocals because if, if we went, if we go to the nerdy side I'm pretty sure there's no guitar at all in this it's probably only synth yeah oh yeah played with shitloads of distortion and probably played through an amp, you know, a real guitar or bass amplifier or, and speaker. It sounds a little bit like this. But that main riff sounds like guitar to me. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a guitar riff, indeed. But I'm pretty sure it's not a real guitar. I'd be curious. I, I was thinking, I, I was recent, listening to it recently and uh, thought, like, oh, all the hell did, did this sound? Actually. Never tried to replicate it for seriously maybe i will do that next week you know <laughs> just for fun <laughs> Let me 
actually about modular synths, because one thing I've wondered about them is like, you know, you're working with all these patch cables. Like, once you've yep. made a sound, once you've, once you've been tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and you've made a sound, like, you can't save that sound. No. You're going to record that to a computer and then that's it. If you ever unplug that cable, that sound's gone. Or do you have notes of red cable to R4 and... No, no. Do you even possibly, no? Uh, you, you can try, but it never really works out. Uh, I've tried, not, not really hard to be honest, but uh, this, this is what I like about those machines, is that you make a sound, you feel, if you feel inspired by this sound, you have to record it right now. You have to make something out of it now. So it forces you to be creative and to record stuff. And oh, just sometimes, even if you're not particularly inspired to make a song or a full track out of it, you can be inspired by just the sound, then record it and use it later on as a ma pure material for further destruction or playing, you know? And uh, that's what I like about those. Would you ever think about maybe just recording a whole bunch of stuff and then just putting it out as a sample pack? Yeah, I, I, actually, I do it quite often uh, on Patreon, and uh, we've we've done it a little bit as well with um, with Concrete Collage. We've been releasing a few sample packs with uh, small compilations, all for free. They are more like drum machine oriented stuff on the Concrete Collage. What I do on uh, on Patreon is more like uh, most of the videos I do. They're almost always a synth somewhere, or modular or not, but uh, and I always give out the samples taken from the video, so people can use those sounds as they want. And now we're going into Bongra Murder You uh, 2005. Bongra, obviously, Dutch producer. Uh, but we're going more towards the jungly sort of vibes now. Yes, so this one was the first proper jungle tunes I've heard. Weirdly, before all the normal jungle stuff like uh, BZB or all the or Goldie or whatever other. I mean this one it was a friend of mine who had this on CD and who played it at uh, like once when we were drinking beers or I don't know and I was like what the, what the hell this is I, I, I've always liked uh, reggae as well like old only old reggae I'm not a, not really fan of the of what's modern with this I'm really conservative uh, conservative about my reggae <laughs> but I really like like the, the old stuff and uh, I really like the vibe of the drums in, the, in this track with the ravey bits and the the very reggae cool old school vibes that's uh, that's in there This track really gave me the the wheel of trying to make more jungle stuff. We've been listening to this one like uh, most of the tracks that will go after that. Uh, a lot of them actually have been listened in a car for during travels with all my friends and stuff. This is something that will uh, that will be uh, recurrent. <laughs> it's a pattern. And uh, yeah, this one car definitely car a lot. So you obviously, when you were gigging previously, you know, you're meeting lots of different people. I'm sure you probably met people at Bongra and Square Pusher and these sorts of people before. How do you feel when you meet them? Like, do you, do you remember when you were, you know, hearing that music for the first time going, wow, this person's so impressive. And then, 
you actually get to meet them because I know you're quite a down-to-earth kind of guy you know you take people as they come but do you ever have those fanboy moments uh, yeah, Bongura, it was was very happy to meet him. Yeah, actually, I, I had a lot of fun with him. He's a very cool guy. Hello, Jason, if you're listening. We never know. The, my, my main uh, big fanboy moment was, I think, at uh, a few years ago at uh, Bankface Amsterdam. Uh, I was chatting with Venetian Snare in the backstage. And, uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of people came in and they all started talking with Aaron. And uh, I was watching there and basically all the people in the room where like Finnish and Snare, Yuzik, uh, Sifax, a guy called Gerald, uh, and there was another one that I don't remember right now. And I was in the middle of this and like, okay, that's normal. It's a normal evening. There's nothing to be crazy about it. And uh, inside I was, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> uh, I'm usually very happy to meet all those guys that have listened for years. And, uh, I don't have uh, uh, maybe just a few bad memories of meeting people that I liked uh, the music, I mean. But uh, yeah, most of the time, it's very cool. Never met Squapersha yet. Yeah, we should do that sometime. We should, we should, I mean, he's played Bankface a few times. We should uh, definitely see if we can trap him down at a Bankface or something. So anyway, we're on to Square Pusher now anyway. Steinbolt. Uh, this tune from 2004 on the Ultra Visitor album. Yeah, I love this album. It's it's a bit, a little bit like uh, Mr. Bungle. You can tell instantly that it's a Square Pusher album. But it goes into basically all the territories. And I love this track because it's the most noisy and the most violent he ever did. It's the closest to the more outbreak or thing that Scrapture done. And I love it. I mean, if you put me this on the dance floor on a big sound system, I'd go crazy instantly. It is so punk and so like angry, which is very rare from uh, uh, Squapusher uh, standpoint doesn't do that much violent stuff, and this one is just like it is violence, <laughs> like straight up violence. It's completely unpredictable, super distorted, super like yeah. Don't know what he, he must he must have been pretty angry that day. Quite well known for doing the intricate melodies and the complex patterns and the almost fractal like music, you know. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is like, yeah, as you say, maybe he dropped a brick on his foot this day. Probably, yeah. And th there's also the bass playing thing. That uh, he's a crazy bass player. Yeah, I think this one is also the uh, most of the time the, all the weird acid bass lines are played by bass uh, with with like uh, most, lots of effects on it. You can hear that he's playing bass on this one as well. This is just like, like yeah, die humans. <laughs> Love it. He said of this album, he said this Ultra Visitor is a spectacle of beauty and terror. It's unknowable and will never be understood by anybody, least of all its creator. 
<laughs> I, never, I never read that sentence. I didn't knew that he said that about it. It's quite true. I mean, not a surprise that he said that about it. <laughs> I mean, that's breakcore, isn't it? And in essence, somewhere between beauty and terror. Indeed, indeed. This ending is just like... Uh... Give me love for humanity to hear this kind of music. It's funny, uh, it rings a bell right now. My, my girlfriend sometimes listens to meditative music uh, to help her write. This is the kind of music that really makes me want to kill people. That's weird. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to calm you down, but it, for me, I'm just like, when will they shut up? <laughs> and I usually, if, I, if I'm in the same room, I usually just put headphones on and listen to Napalm Death or Grindcore or any other type of very violent thing and be like, ah, oh, I feel good now. Finally, a little bit of peace. <laughs> so this tracks us a little bit this... Uh, I, I, feel, I feel the same way with this, then with Grindcore. <laughs> the, that statement, this is music that makes me want to kill people. I feel at some point in a court of law, <laughs> at your trial, a judge is going to be asking to, to review. <laughs> we're, we're talking about for educational purposes and for entertainment purposes only, yeah? Yeah, of course. The relationship between music and mood is a big thing, isn't it? it yeah. For some people, especially you know, the sort of breakpoint, it's cathartic. Yeah. You know, it's a releasing of attention and just, just, just go for it, like you know, just yeah, lose yourself in it, like you lose yourself in the noise of it. Indeed. Yeah. That's actually what's the closest. That's why I ended up in the breakcore scene and in the listening to breakcore very quickly after I discovered electronic music is that it is the same thing that, uh, as metal, uh, or at least more hardcore punk than metal. Because you know, in the in the middle, a lot of people have this uh, kind of uh, heroic or kind of uh, I don't know what to say it, but uh, like epic feel about uh, songwriting and stuff, which is not really true of breakcore. It can be, but uh, it's not the main purpose. The main purpose is to just like release violence, which is punk to me. I, I've said I said it a few times. For me, breakcore is just punk with the computers and uh, machines instead of instruments, uh, guitars and stuff. But uh, you can have both. So when your girlfriend's trying to write and she's listening to meadow and meditative music, like is she like completely different room from you, mattress against the door so she can't hear you at all? No, no that's okay. No, she's got used to it. <laughs> she can live with it. She, it's not it's not her music for sure, but uh, she can live with it. <laughs> and I can live with meditation music for a small period of time as well. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't remember that it was that long, this one. It's a, it's a long track, but it's good. So we are on to Vash. This one, Making Cow. Love this track. <laughs> 
So this one, it's a little bit the same as I said uh, about Murder Youth. I think I bought this album, The Day's Tapi Out called Pom Pom. Best album name ever. Love the cover as well. Very good. And I bought this album when I was in, in high school, I think. I bought the CD from internet. When I got it, I made it listen to, to all my friends who were not that much into weird electronic music. And there were two tracks in this album that wind everybody. It was like this one, because the sample is in French after. Uh, I don't know if you ever got it, but uh, there's a woman voice saying, C'est une machine pour faire des vaches. Which means the same, the, the sample at the beginning, it's a machine for making cow, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, vache, vache is a French word? Yeah, vache is cow. Gotcha, there you go, now it all makes sense. Because Venetian snares is from Canada, and they speak French as well as English there. I don't think he speak French. When I met, when I met him, I uh, yeah, probably. Maybe he's probably more exposed to French than most English-speaking people, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, this track with the, this sample in French, uh, all my friends were like, what the fuck? The machine for making cows doesn't make any sense. So everyone laughed about it. There's another track on this album. Uh, it, it was very hard to choose between the two for me. Uh, there's this one and another one called Puitendo, which is very 8-bit, cheap tuny sounding. This one is awesome as well. And, but those two, Puitendo and Vash, I think those are two of the tracks that I can listen with all my friends from high school, which is quite rare from a breakcore standpoint. I mean, I, you know, I was that guy that listened to music that went way too far into music compared to anybody else. So all my friends, when I was like, oh, I have something new to make you listen, they were like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't put it now. <laughs> we, we, know, we know how it's going to sound like, so please, please don't. <laughs> and I, I'm fine with that, you know. I'm happy to have met other people who like this later on, but <laughs> I mean, you know, when you listen to that, such a weird kind of music, you, I guess you're doomed <laughs> to find a few other people that share your interest. But, uh, but anyway, those two, and especially this one, all my friends, I'm pretty sure all my friends can still like it, which is nice. as well with the fact that I wonder if in countries where English isn't the first language are you more likely to listen to electronic music because you're not that interested in the vocals and then you hear this one and it's actually got some French in it and you're like ah I identify with that probably yeah actually there's another track I don't remember the name of the track but there's another one in this album where there's a full poem in French in the middle of the track it's an awesome poem I love this track as well it's not it's not uh, very uh, it's not that ravey but it's awesome I don't remember I think it's Tash or Twirl why not remember anyway either Tash or Twirl and uh, yes when you when you can understand the lyrics it's cool sometimes but sometimes it's the opposite you know what I mean there's a lot of French things that if I didn't knew what the guys were saying I could listen to it when I understand sometimes it's just like ah 
come on. And actually, that's the problem. I've been speaking English for for such a long time now, even if I'm not super good at it, but I can understand more and more. So sometimes I listen to stuff that I used to not understand and be fine with it. And now I'm just like, what? That's the lyrics? It sucks. <laughs> so it's a, it's a double-edged sword, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I often forget because your English is so good that just yet yeah, English isn't the first language. Oh, really? Well, let's see. Yeah, I, I still have this uh, this feeling of trying to catch the words sometimes, being like, do I do I say that? <laughs> you have the outrageous accent, though. That's common, and all French people have the outrageous accent. You know what? When you are when you're at school in English teaching, they are all about the accent. Like you need to speak as with as little French accent as possible. But what I witnessed from the real life is that even if you try to hide it, you're just like there's no way to hide it. It's <laughs> you're, you're doomed. You're French instantly. It's like hello guys. Oh, you you're French, right? Okay. Yes, I am. And so I stopped trying to to make like if I wasn't French. You know? I speak English like a French people, and uh, it's okay. I'm alright with it. <laughs> When I go to France, I, I try to practice my French, but as soon as I open my mouth, it's like, yeah, you just start speaking English to me. And I'm like, I'll never get past bonjour, mon ami. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're, you're trying, that's already, it's already quite good. Yeah. And if you find people who speak English in France, it's getting better, but it's, uh, we, are, we are not the best country for that, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, let's not talk all the way through Halfish Turntable Savage. Oh yeah. Uh, 2016. This was actually interesting picked uh, picked by Holly Anthrax as well uh, when I did talking tunes with her as well. So it's a very popular tune, Halfish Turntable Savage. And I mean never drop. I like it loud. This one, it's oh, it's also one of the one of the car soundtrack. I remember this one. I think we we must have been like 19 or 18 or 19. And we've crossed France from uh, where I live at, this, at the moment as well, actually, which is very far southeast. And we went on the ocean, so it's basically like crossing the entire France from east to west. And I think we've been listening to this track at least five times a day in the car because it was every time we got bored, we was like, oh, okay, let's put on the so it would give give us some uh, some energy to pass through this uh, extremely long travel. And uh, so for me, it's one of those like a power track you know you can put it anytime you're happy just make you want to to be happy i guess love this track simple efficient elfish <laughs> so it's also one of the track that you can make listen to a lot of uh, not that breakcore people even if it's, it's not breakcore i guess but i'm not sure if i would classify it as breakcore but it's quite punk so yes it's not even really hardcore. I mean, there's kick drums, but there's lots of scratch. It doesn't give it that much shit. So I guess it's, it's like, let's label it breakcore as well, because it doesn't give a shit. This is the track that don't give a shit, they're breakcore. That's all they need <laughs> to be breakcore. <laughs> What are you looking at in terms of gigs now? Have you got anything booked or are you still uh, still in holding pattern? Uh, actually, I have two gigs booked this month and that's it. 
but uh, one was got cancelled and then got uncancelled like two days ago and so i think i have my tickets for both now i'm like whoa i'm gonna play again i did play in a few small parties for friends birthday and stuff like this this summer even last summer as well but like only unofficial small stuff which were already very good like uh, it's always better than not playing because i love playing so yeah so i play like next weekend one after uh, in um, i don't remember the name of the city it's the gogbot festival but it's funny it's gonna be funny because it's going to be like uh, 50 people and sit uh, sit down version of it <laughs> like 50 people sit down that's that's gonna be fun really when they told me like are you still into it, it was like hey, even more <laughs> it's i mean all the chances that i'm going to do that again in my life playing in front of uh, people sit down that's that's only now it's a limited offer i guess <laughs> so. stop talking stop dancing sit down pay attention yeah pay attention to me look eyes forward yeah look at me I guess I gotta try to play some uh, very anti-dance floor stuff. I, I, I'm not known for being a very dance floor act, I guess. But I, I think I gotta play some very weird stuff, some slow, uh, slow stuff. I gotta try to make something weird for for this special occasion. And the other show is supposed to be, it's in a sort of private party. I think it's the guy from Defcon, called Jeffcon. And uh, yeah, it's in Belgium, and it's the last weekend of September. And this one, I guess, uh, will be the opposite. They're gonna play a full-on blasting Amen hardcore set, like pure 100% rave stuff, my way. So it probably won't be that ravey, but <laughs> I gotta try anyway. <laughs> Excellent. I guess you're absolutely looking forward to that as well. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Been a long time coming. Definitely. I'm really looking forward. But at the same time, I, I forgot the all. You know, going to airports, check-in, especially now with, with, with the test. And I'm so I'm so used to the countryside living now that going to an airport, have myself tested and stuff, I'm just like, what the fuck is... But uh, yeah, it's going to be worth it, I'm sure. Uh, give me a second, if we can do a small pause. My cat is getting crazy at the door, so I have to open to him. And I'm going to get another beer. And I, I come back in two minutes.
Okay, I'm back. What the fuck are they doing with our, you know, with our uh, uh, art form? It's like they, 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 uh, it's like they axe murdered the shit. Yeah. Okay, so this one. <laughs> Basically, I'm sorry, but there's twice Aphex Twin in this, uh, in this thing. That's okay. This is an Aphex Twin remix. This one has a very particular story. That's why I picked it up. I love it. I love this track, so there's, there's no uh, no question about that. But uh, So the story about this one is that one of my other weirdo music aficionado friend from school, Flo, maybe he's listening as well. Hello, Flo. <laughs> and uh, he, he was more into all the weird, uh, like, abstract electronic music stuff, like Murkoff, uh, Alvanotto, and stuff like this. But he was also a big fan of Venetian Snare. He basically tried to buy weird vinyl from Venetian Snare from eBay. And uh, he just, like, put a bid on it and uh, kind of uh, forget about it. And then he, he win the bids. He, he get it in the mail, and this is a vinyl. He thought it was a CD. It was vinyl, like full black with no information on it, like just one side pure harsh noise and the other side this. And it took us like maybe one or two years to find out that it was it was not Venetian Snare at all. <laughs> it was uh, to the Apex Twin. It was that that's impronounceable release names like Smudge Pass EP, I don't know, where there is on one side this track and uh, on the other side two Arch Noise tracks. And so in the end he just gave it to me because he didn't he didn't he didn't, he didn't have a vinyl player. So when he got it, he gave it to me. I think I spent one or two years having it without knowing who it was. And uh, when I discovered it, uh, I laugh and, uh, <laughs> because I, I discovered it by surprise. And so, so I have this vinyl, and uh, it's weird. It's uh, in an ugly black sleeve with like uh, duct tape on it, and a black vinyl in it with absolutely nothing written on it. <laughs> it's really like just yeah, that's it. Deal with it. But uh, yeah, it's a fun track. Love it. Like, this is a bit of a deviation from your normal style. I mean, apart from the fact that it's remixed by Aphex, got vocal on here from a rapper, right? It's bug. Again, it's almost dub end of the spectrum, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, uh, in the days, especially in the days where, where I got this, I was very more into the ragged thing. You know, all my old stuff, very much like ripping off Denzel Acapellas from internet and blasting Amons and bassline on it. I've, I've done a lot of tracks like this. And uh, no, no, I couldn't do that anymore because I, I would get bored in, in a minute. But uh, I really had fun at the time. And I, this track was, a, was a, I, for me, it's like the ragged track. It's perfect in this uh, kind of department. But there, there's many others. Like Bongra did a lot of really great track like this. I don't know, I sometimes feel that some of that, you know, you, you get a vocal from a dancehall track, add some breaks to it, and it's like, there you go, there's your tune. It's a bit formulaic. Oh yeah, but it's, uh, 
it, it's it's one of the one of the formula a little bit like uh, like if if I go to a rock and roll parallel, it's like a Motorhead or ACDC, you know. They basically do the same track all the time. But if you go to like for reggae call sometimes, yeah, that's the formula. Get a get a like a pillar, get a break beat, some like baseline on it and uh, you're done that, that's enough you, you make people rave with that uh, I remember when I was doing this kind of tracks it made me feel happy to do it well, that, that's what I always done basically make music that make me happy on the moment when I was listening to this kind of stuff making it was like ah, it's not that hard that's fun and uh, yeah cool let's go with it <laughs> and what's this at the end of the track uh, that it's just noise. White noise. I was like, this is just going. What the hell? No, no but this is a very strange record. There's this remix, and really, the other side of the vinyl is pure noise. And yeah, why? Why reggae and noise? Why not? We went, we went onto the rotator side of stuff. I mean, rotator. Uh, every, I guess everyone who knows me knows me via Pissoff. I was a huge rotator fan when uh, Frank contacted me out of nowhere to pick a track for one of the Chemicals Club compilation. And I was like, wow, really? No, incredible. And as, after that, we met, we became friends. I really more stuff on Pissoff and stuff. And, but uh, when I discovered rotator, it was uh, via this uh, big uh, compilation album he made, like Choose Your Poison, Mine is Hardcore. And this track it, it is like the piece of sound for me like it's all over like samples kick drums aim and breaks breakbeat stuff it's just like uh, in your face all the time and it's just the tight fucking more yes the the sample it'll be like fucking more fucking more it's just like a full explosion of punkness Love this track. I was going to ask you, do you know what's happened to Rotator and the Peace Off label? Because they haven't done anything since 2015. I don't want to speak for him. Okay, no, obviously not. I guess he just started to work with new stuff because he's making furniture. Like he buys old furniture, makes them look good again and sell them. And he was already passionate about this way before even Peace Off maybe. But he went full time in this. I guess he still wants to make some new Peace Off records at some point. But I guess, yeah, it's more on pause than like left behind completely I guess but I'm not into to set it so not not sure better ask him <laughs> yeah I'd ask him obviously yeah <laughs> Fucking, 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 
Yes. I think it's time to make the floor burn. Floor burn. <laughs> this always makes me smile. It's just like, yes. <laughs> but yes, man. Piece of legendary label because it had that energetic side that was not always there in the breakcore scene. But there's a lot of things in the breakcore scene. That's what I like about it. It's very diverse. Like the setup of a dance floor on fire with still while retaining a completely crazy way of uh, making music is the piece of thing. So it was really like that sound of it is power in your face, broken power. <laughs> it's like you you have your you have your your finger in the you know in the 220 volts all the time. <laughs> Of course, we could talk a lot about Peace Off. I'll bring it around to Bankface 2019. Peace Off takeover at Bankface. I mean, what a lineup that was, right? Oh, yeah. Such a good day. That was insane. <laughs> it was such an insane night. And I remember there was a mess up in the schedule. And we were all supposed to play an hour. And uh, something got wrong during the during the day. I mean, and uh, Ash uh, Skimboy, our agent from Very Speed, he came to us because we were all together the all weekend, basically all the piece of crew. And uh, he came to us and was like, guys, there's a problem. And uh, the best solution is to shorten everyone's set and to only play 45 minutes each. I think he was like, oh, maybe, maybe they're going to not be happy about this. I was like, yes, let's go. We play more violent then. <laughs> and I think, I think it was maybe even better that way like yes fast ah, another one faster another one faster yeah 45 minute sets definitely the way to do it from now on i think i mean an hour just feels so long doesn't it 45 minutes just cram it all in full on let's go it depends if you have in a festival 45 minutes i think it's the best but uh, if you have time if, uh, if you're not uh, meant to play a dance floor set it's nice to have one hour even one hour and a half maybe but something, you know, that where you can take time to develop an ambience or something. But uh, yeah, 45 minutes, if, you, if you're here to smash the dance floor, 45 minutes is perfect. I mean, you see these techno DJs who say, oh, you know, I'm playing a three-hour set. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I hope that journey includes a sandwich. I've seen people like playing, I know I've not seen them personally, I mean, but I've, I've read about people in the techno scene playing like 10 hours sets or like marathon set, basically like, uh, but that must be fun, but I mean, ecstasy, right? You need that for the, <laughs> but I don't know. Just, just give me that, give me that 10 hours, compress it down to 45 minutes, put an amen break on it and a few swear words. And there you go. Now I'm happy. That's also a good definition of breakcore. <laughs> Cram 10 hours of music into 45 minutes. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're on to another one from the piece off label, Monster X, I Made You My Bitch. Yeah, this one, oh, there's the title. The title <laughs> by itself always make me laugh. Yeah, this is one of the, one of the best human beings I've met in the in this scene. Monster X, hello Julian. It's another Julian as well. Another one. Yeah, because we are we are many. This album, I think it's Satan is Love. It's not an album; it's an EP. But anyway, it's yeah, full on bam, rave Monster X. This is not the sort of stuff he's doing now, but. Uh, when he was on that sort of uh, crazy, bouncy bass uh, mood, 
I love what he's doing now, but this is great as well. This track's something that you can put me on the dance floor as well. I think last time I played with him was in a, another illegal party in London. <laughs> and I told him, man, are you playing uh, I Make You My Bitch? He was like, oh, I haven't played it in years, but uh, I played for you. I was like, oh, cool. And uh, when, when he put it, I was like, yes, on big sound system. It was, I think it was the first time I heard it on the big sound system. And it was really like dance floor melter as well even being that weird <laughs> but he's i think one of the best live performer in the in the electronic music scene because he's really into it when he plays you can see him destroy the sounds he make on his face basically and that's something that's uh, that's important for me when you can see that people are having fun on stage in electronic music yeah because there, there's a lot of people in electronic music that you are they could be like sending emails or whatever on their computer <laughs> you don't know maybe they're just buying clothes or stuff but you don't know <laughs> I think if I ever made breakcore, I think I'd just call myself Julian Julian, given how many Julians are in breakcore. It's ridiculous, but there we go. But there, there, there was a party in Belgium once. Just Julians. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, not, not just Julians, but almost. There was like Monster X Julians, Crumble Julian, Ruby My Dear Julian, and me. I think we were four. I don't know if there was a fifth one, but four is enough, I guess. But uh, it was fun because at a few points, people arrived in the backstage was like, hey, Julian, and all the four of us were like, yes, <laughs> which one? Hellfish, <laughs> uh, Hellfish, Julian Cobb. And Elfish as well, yeah, Elfish. And there's uh, Itori Tori as well, it's called Julian. Is he really? Oh, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. That's, uh, that's insane. Yeah. And by the way, we have a new Itori Tori album uh, released today on Concrete Collage. It released exactly one hour and 20 minutes ago from the moment we are recording this. <laughs> Tell me a bit about Concrete Collage, because you've been doing that now for two years or thereabouts, haven't you? My partner in crime for Concrete Collage, Umberg, told me that we are going three... I think on the, on the 24th of September will be the third anniversary of the label, which is crazy. Every month or so you're putting something out as well. Yeah, we've tried to put something out every month since we started, almost. thing is that uh, we have we have so many good stuff that we've been sent that, uh, that we, we, we need to release something every month if we want to get it all released at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're into another tune now Tim Exile Big Bad Purple Bad Boy So we've gone from Peace Off to Planet Mew Yeah Another label I really like Never been on it 
yet, maybe, never know. <laughs> Beckham's surprise. I would have thought you'd have been on there already. No, no not yet. Yeah. I've, I've, mi I've missed the break all train at the, for, for the, on the big labels, I guess. <laughs> if this one was made as a remix for a BBC Radio 1 project, where it was a competition to remix by rapper Black Twang. And obviously Tim XL, really well known for the breakbeat and jungle. Yeah. For me, it's this album in particular, because he's done very, very, very things. But uh, this album, Protagonist, it's one of the best drum and bassy jungle breakery stuff for me. Still now, the sound design and the 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 way all the sounds are evolving all the times, it's crazy. Even now, it's like he's set up a level of uh, craziness that's hardly been beaten uh, often and i think this track i love like the the thing on the vocal the way the way it's uh, it's very catchy while being an absolute mess at the same time and i love it for this yeah I didn't know it was a remix for a rapper. I, I was pretty sure it was his voice. I, I do kind of recognize his voice. I always thought it was his voice in there. Or maybe it is, but maybe it is both. Big bad, the big bad purple bad boy. Is that not coming from the rapper Black Twang? I mean, I don't know. I'm going to read my notes from Wikipedia, so I could be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I don't know. That's funny. Another fun story about this track that I can tell you. Team Exile once played in Lyon. It was organized by Daring Affair, which is a label I've been involved in. And uh, I was, that night I was recording live sets of all the people playing. And it was the time where, when he was uh, not playing that much of a jungle thing like this. It was more like recording the crowd and making a, a very weird techno set out of only live recording. It was, it was very fun as well. But, uh, we were talking with him in the backstage uh, after his set with uh, another friend from Lyon. And uh, we were like, man, that album, Protagonist, and this track, and my friend was uh, agreed with me. We, we did, we did, we haven't talked about it before. And he, he said to him, like, yeah, Big Bad Purple Boy. I'm like, yes, Big Bad Purple Boy. This track, and he looked at us, and I think you guys are the first to talk, tell me about this track in years. No one cares about it. And we're like, what? This is the best ever. <laughs> and uh, maybe I guess it was just the two of us <laughs> thinking this, but. Uh... Man, this track. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm loving this bass on it. I mean, there's lots to enjoy. There's lots to enjoy. But that bass... Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 can't, you can't get bored. Can't get bored. There's so many things going on. <laughs> it could, it could be, it could easily go into the too much as well. But he managed to keep it just tight enough. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. 
what are, what are your thoughts on stuff like speedcore, extra tone, noise, sort of stuff? Oh, speedcore, I've never been that much into it because it's uh, often too straight uh, in the sense that, I mean, you know, it's uh, kind of a machine gun thing that never really stops. I mean, I mean, from the speedcore that I know, uh, which is not, not much. The extra tone, I think I'd never really listened. But uh, on the noise side, I can enjoy noise, like harsh noise, and because it has an unpredictability. I mean, especially live. You, you see, like, noise band performing with super weird instruments they made. Like, what, once I did this sound, because I, uh, I guess most people know that I am a sound engineer. I don't do a lot of, of live stuff, but at some point in Lyon, I was uh, doing the, the live sound in a very small venue uh, called Buffet Froid. And uh, the owner was a very good friend, uh, Francois, who released all the first uh, repetitor vinyl on his label, Handicap Records. And uh, what, what I was saying, ah, yes, and he had to play this guy called Justice Yeldon. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. He's an Australian performer who plays harsh noise out of uh, broken glass. So basically he finds a very big uh, piece of glass. He put the contact microphone on it and he blows on it. He, like he smashes his face on the glass and he's just like <laughs> on the glass, but with, and it goes to a lot of uh, FX pedal. And he does play this as an instrument, really. You can see that he plays it like a guitar. And the sounds that come out of it are very noisy and very aggressive. It's a performance. There is something you can watch the guy have fun on it. Basically, I would say to your question, I'm more into the experimental harsh noise stuff than I am into speedcore. I'm more, I prefer the very experimental side than the techno side of this kind of music, I guess. Yeah, I think you're quite right. I've certainly seen videos posted in breakcore channels before of people, you know, with microphones jammed into pots and pans and smashing it and crashing it and bashing it and they're actually making something out of it actually, it's not just random noise it is actually there is some musicality you listen to that and go oh, i can appreciate that even though it's harsh noise drum core though let's talk about drum core this tune down that you've picked It's a very short one. I remember when it came out, I was like, okay, this is uh, the guy who managed to get all the things I liked into the in the hardcore punk scene and the breakcore jungle scene and mashed them together. And especially this track, uh, the, the way the, the vocals are granularized, <laughs> sorry. And uh, the way it's sequenced, I mean, uh, it's very super aggressive, super tight. And uh, I love it. Uh, there's really something about this track that I like in the in the in the sound. In the it's very tight and very aggressive. And uh, I picked this one. It's an old one. It has a story for me because I've listened to. Uh, but I uh, really recommend everyone to check out the two last EPs he put out on Bandcamp. Those are easily the best things he ever released, in my opinion. Yeah, he's been very active on Bandcamp recently, under the Aaron Spectre moniker and under the Drum Corps. The two last Drum Corps are, my God, it's just like insanely violent, insanely punk and super well produced, but 
very, very raw and aggressive and awesome. Pusher, show me your pussy. Murder Channel, right? Murder Channel, another fantastic label coming out of Japan. When I first started listening to Cardio Pusher's stuff, I was listening to the stuff he was doing at 128 or 140, the sort of acidy fidget, house fidget sort of stuff, and I was like totally hooked by it. Then someone told me about Cardio Pusher, the breakboard guy. I thought they're two different people, but the same person, unreal. No, they is the same, yeah. And uh, yeah, for, for me, he was also one of the genius of of the piece of sound because uh, this one is not on piece of, but uh, he, he before he was releasing on piece of, and he was the basically the Mr. Bungle piece of to me a little bit because he's smashing so many different tracks sample into one song to make a new song out of it, out of those samples. And this one, like I think it's I think it's coming right after. You have all those ravey reggaeton type of samples, and then suddenly there is this massive like guitar solo from from Guns N' Roses in the middle of nowhere coming like what the fuck but it just makes sense on the moment and I love it for this not it's not about like oh each sounds are super tight or anything it, it, it comes the solo <laughs> It just makes no sense. Love it. But yeah, so what I was saying is that it's not about the like, production value with Carlo Pusher from this period of time of his career. It was really about like, I, t- I can take this track, this track, this track, this track, and this break beat and make a track that could be 10 track. There's so many ideas in four minutes that you could make an album out of it. 
and it really feels like a whole song of itself in the end. Talent, I guess. <laughs> right, that's where artistry comes in and hearing all these different bits and pieces and bringing them together into something new. Yeah. They're making that collage. Is that kind of like where your name Concrete Collage comes from? The idea of bringing bits together? Yeah, a little bit, because I'm, I've always been a fan of collage. I've done a lot. I'm, do, I'm still doing some, actually. I, I, I'm doing a few of the covers uh, for the label. And because uh, basically, the, uh, to go back a little bit on the, on the label, I was about to start my, on my own a label that I wanted to call Collage Records. And uh, I was supposed to do everything by myself, like all the covers, all every, the mastering and everything. And it, it happened that my friend Homework was uh, feeling the same way on his side. And as the thing that pushed the, my will of making a label was to release our side project together, it made sense that we did it together. He had something with concrete in mind. I don't, I don't remember how he wanted to call exactly the, his label. But in the end, we just smashed the two together. And Concrete Collage, I, what I like about it is that you, you don't really know if it's in French or in English. It's a little bit of both. And uh, yeah, it's weird. I like it. <laughs> um, anyway, I went off on a little tangent. Dr. Pistardo, No Candy VIP. But before we get into that, tell me a bit about your own music, Dazma. I mean, you know, you had the Shapeshifter album out in 2020 uh, and you've been stuck in, stuck in your house because of COVID. How's your own stuff coming on? Like, I mean, you must have, you must have an album cooking on, on your back burner, right? I have a new album in the making. Probably going to take a while. You can't rush good art. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very long when it comes to, to, to make uh, finished albums. Not the, tra the tracks, I'm not too bad at it. But when it comes to make cohesive amount of tracks, it can take me a while to figure out which track I want in the middle of those two. And uh, you know what I, I don't know if you know what I mean, but I can, I can spend time just to make that track that's supposed to link the two others that are, that are already done. So uh, basically, I think I have five or six tracks that I'm happy with at the moment. And I just need to make the rest to tie everything together. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple, couple, couple more years, right? Okay. Probably at least a year. But at the same time, I've released a lot of repetitor. I have some unreleased repetitor to release. I have a Nippy coming as the Christ alone. It's a bit of a joke. I realized that I've been putting most of the recent stuff just as Stasma and not as Stasma as the Jungle Christ. So I, I thought, why not make the Jungle Christ as an entity of its own? So I, I've made a few way more jungle oriented stuff recently. And uh, so I'm going to release those like a tree track EP with some remixes. It's coming soon. Crazy motherfuckers like you get knocked out. And I also have a few tracks that have been released on obscure compilations and a few unreleased Stasma stuff that are going to be released at some point on Concrete Collage soon as well. And the Golden Fang album, which is taking a while. So I, yeah, I'm basically very busy, <laughs> but it's we, it will all take time, but it, it will come. So anyway, Dr. Posada, no candy VIP, we're almost through it, but a lot of, lot of crazy stuff going on here, real dance floor smasher. 
Yeah. And this is uh, a kind of track that I wanted to talk about this one because I love Dr. Bastardo. On the piece of label, it was one of the first I discovered. I think I discovered this Bastardo before Rotator on MySpace at the time. I loved it straight away because it has that jungle plus hardcore plus acid plus uh, everything I like basically in the rave music that's smashed together and in your face. And uh, But this one, the stories is it was the beginning of me getting into the mastering stuff. I was doing most of the mastering for Peace Off. And when I got this one, it was the, I think it was one of the first of those tracks where I was like, I'm happy to work on this right now. I won't hide it. Doesn't happen every time when you're working in a technical musical thing. I sometimes I get to master stuff that I'm just like, nah, you know? But I'm a technician when I do mastering, so I do it the best I can. And the best I think fits that music. But uh, sometimes I get to rave myself, you know, uh, in my studio being like, yes, I'm happy to work on this right now. And this one, I remember the first time I was listening to it while listening to the album for mastering, it was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have fun with this. And uh, I did. <laughs> I've looked at it. It's been more than 10 years that I'm doing mastering now. I've watched this recently. Like, I think the first one I did for Peace Off was the Tech Diff Black Dog release or something like this. I don't know. I don't remember how it's called. Superb album. But there was nothing to do on this one, to be honest. It was, the mix were already... Everything was sounding super good. Just had to make it a little bit louder and it, that was it. So I, I don't have much credit on this one. And uh, actually, actually, that this is where you do the best job most of the time as a mastering engineer. When uh, when you get stuff that's already very good, you just have to make the, the last bit of polish on it. This one, I remember, really had fun on it. Last tune you've selected is Pet Brick, coming out of the Netherlands. Igor with a number of things and uh, whole list of people right in this one. It's uh, Igor Cavalera from uh, from Sepultura, the most known Brazilian metal band. So it's Igor Cavalera and Wayne Adams, a.k.a. Lady Scraper, that most of the people who listen to your show must know for his break or thing. When I saw that he was collaborating with uh, Igor Cavalera, as a, as a big metal fan, I was like, come on, dude, playing with Igor Cavalera, fucking hell. What is it going to be like? And I love the album. I love what they do under this, uh, under this project, Petbrick. It's very, very good. Distortion. It's all about distortion, <laughs> but I love it. I feel it's a little bit in the, the same way I like the piece of stuff. It's energy, you know, something that bam, in your face. And there's some more intricate tracks or intricate songs in the album, but uh, this one is really, uh, for me, like an, an archetype of uh, industrial metal in your face, but it's not metal because it's mostly synthesizer with distortion and a drummer. There's no real guitar in this, only like noise, and I love it. This is all 2019, 2020 uh, released stuff. So it's very new projects. Maybe people haven't heard of it before. So uh, yeah, getting it out there and getting it into people's ears. 
Mm. And also uh, another funny, uh, like a, a fanboy story, really, with with this thing. Is that, uh, I was talking with Wayne. Told him, hey, if if you do like a remix album or something at some point, hit me up. I'd, I'd be very happy to work on it. And uh, so a little bit after, he told me, yeah, yeah. So we, we are planning a remix album. So I'll send you the tracks. And so he, he sent me like the stems and stuff. And uh, when I started to work on it, it's like, ah, I'm tweaking Igor Cavalera's drums right now. And for me, like I'm a huge Sepultura fan. I was like. Oh, oh boy, that's awesome. But anyway, the remix, I really have fun with doing it. After the remix was done, they released another album, a collaborative album with another band from Brazil called Death Kids. So the album is called Death Bricks. It's awesome as well. So I was talking with Wayne, was like, oh, do we have some vinyls from this? Uh, we can swap for Shapeshifter for you, uh, this one for me. And, and so in the end, we ended up sending ourselves vinyls and t-shirts and stuff so, and i sent i sent them some t-shirts and at some point uh, wayne on the pet brick instagram posted a picture of igor cavalera in the studio with the stasma t-shirt on and was like okay i can die now that's that's all good it's all done <laughs> I, have no, i have nothing else to do in this life <laughs> It, it, it really made my day. I spent the whole day with a massive smile on my face, being like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's fun. Sometimes you, you get to be a fanboy in this life, and it's good. It feels good sometimes. Well, Stasma, that's brought us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for taking the time to take the call and talk to us about your love of breakcore noise and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure to speak with you, man. Well, likewise. Looking forward to listening to this stuff. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot now. Take care. Yep. Ciao, ciao, man. Au revoir. <laughs>